Now I want to read to you tonight a, a passage from the Bible that's found in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, the Gospel of Mark, please, and chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. And we're going to read from verse number 25. Uh, it's the story of an incident or an event in the life of the Lord Jesus when he was here in this world. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press of the crowd behind him, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, or immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now that's our reading tonight with the Lord's blessing upon his word. One of the uh, things that I like about the Bible is that the Bible is a storybook. Uh, it is not just instructions for life. It is not just commandments to be kept, but rather from the very beginning to the end of the Bible, it is a book of stories. And in fact, the Bible uh, tells one big overarching story. Uh, someone has called that the story of reality. Uh, we go right back to the beginning of the Bible and we have the commencement of the story of this world. In the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we go right to the very end of the Bible. And if you can understand all that goes on there in the book of Revelation, you will have an understanding of what happens at the very end in respect of this World, So there's a great overarching story that is told in the Bible. We could call it the story of the universe. Some people have called it the unfolding drama of redemption. Whatever way you look at it, whatever name you want to give to it, it is a massive, great narrative that God has given concerning this world. But what really impresses me, that, that of course is tremendously impressive, but there's something else that really impresses me about the Bible, and that is that through the Bible, uh, the great God who tells this uh, universal story, if we could call it that, also tells the story of individuals. You see, the, the great God who created the world and who controls the world and who upholds the world and who one day will bring the world to its conclusion is interested in individual people. 
Now, maybe there's someone here tonight and you have never really thought of God in that way. You've thought of God as distant and great and powerful. He is the creator. One day he's going to be the judge. But listen, at this moment in time, God is specifically, personally, individually interested in you. That is, he cares for you as a person. He has made you exceedingly valuable to him. And so when we go through the Bible, we discover that there are stories which focus in upon individual lives. And we have just read the story, the, the life of uh, a woman who had a particular disease, who came into contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has seen fit and the Holy Spirit has moved to ensure that there is recorded for us in the Bible this story just of one woman. She remains anonymous. Nobody knows her name. That is, we don't know her name, but the Lord knew her name. And God knows her name. And I just want to say again tonight, because maybe this is what's impressed upon my mind for you in this meeting. Remember this, God knows your name. And he's interested in you personally. And he wants you to have an individual, real relationship with Himself. So we're going to think about this story of this woman and uh, just see if there's a few lessons that might help us to understand God's message for us tonight. And the first thing that we discover about this woman is that she had a condition. It tells us that this certain woman, she had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, what that means very simply is that she was bleeding and the bleeding could not be Stopped. And it had gone on for 12 years, some form of hemorrhaging in the body, bleeding continually, and the bleeding couldn't be stopped. Now, uh, that, that at the very best of times, whatever country you live in and whatever time in history, that would be most unpleasant. That would be terribly weakening to have a condition in which the blood was constantly flowing and it couldn't be stopped. But in this particular culture, at this particular time, and in the religion that this woman was uh, connected with uh, way back at that time, it was particularly unpleasant. And uh, one of the reasons for that was this, that she was regarded by everyone as being unclean, as being defiled by this disease or this sickness that she had. People regarded her as unclean religiously or unclean ceremonially. In the culture, because of that, people would have avoided her. This had happened, as it says, for 12 long years. So for 12 years, uh, people regarded this woman as not clean, as impure, as defiled, and they wouldn't have wanted to go close to her. They wouldn't have wanted to have any kind of friendship or relationship with her. They would have wanted to avoid her. There would have been a distance between her and the remainder of society. Here is a woman isolated and alone and regarded as unclean. 
Now, of course, uh, as well as being defiled by this disease, um, this, uh, well, well, it is an issue of, of blood. It is blood flowing. And I think we all know that if blood continues to flow and can't be stopped, it only leads in one direction. You know, the Bible says, uh, way back in the Old Testament, it tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And when a person is bleeding and the bleeding can't be stopped, we know that all they have to look forward to ultimately is death. So this woman was defiled. She was kept at a distance from others. And the only thing that she could look forward to was death. Now, that uh, little record of this woman's condition is intended to have a message for you tonight in this meeting. You see, uh, the Bible is very clear that every one of us have a condition. It's not the same one as this woman had. Uh, it's not a physical condition. It is a spiritual condition. And it is the condition called sin. And uh, the first thing that we discover about this problem of sin is that it makes us unclean. Now, it might not make us unclean in the sight of our friends or in the sight of society around us, but it does make us unclean in the sight of a God who is infinitely holy. You know, uh, just a brother this morning in our meeting at home made reference to the uh, a little dog, a little white dog that... Uh, he used to have that uh, he, he, he used to think was lovely and white and, and pure in its colouring and it was kept nice and clean and all of that. And then one day he saw the dog out running in the snow. And uh, when he compared the colour of the dog to the snow, all of a sudden the dog looked anything but white and clean and pure. And uh, many of us, we think that we are white and clean and pure until we just get into the presence of God and recognize what God is like. He is holy. He is morally perfect. There's a man in the Bible called Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter 6, he saw the Lord upon a throne high and lifted up. And uh, there were seraphim and they were crying one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And Isaiah, he is uh, challenged by this sight of God so that he says, Woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Now that man, Isaiah, who discovered that he was unclean, later on in Isaiah, he says this. He says, and we are all as an unclean thing. Now remember this. You have the stain of sin upon you. If you're not saved, sin has defiled you. It has made you morally impure. And because of that, there is a distance between you and God. And you cannot ever be in heaven as you are without cleansing from God. It's something that is required if ever you're going to enter into God's heaven. So this woman was defiled and there was a distance. But I said the only thing she had to look forward to was death. You see, it, Sin is a problem that not only shuts us out of heaven because it defiles us, but sin is a, is, is a problem that will bring us down to hell. 
No, the Bible speaks of uh, the lake of fire, which is the second death. It says the wages of sin is death. And death not only separates us from people in this world, but ultimately, if we're not saved, will separate us from God. And we will be under his judgment, his punishment in hell. Please understand tonight, the condition of this woman is intended to cause us to think about our own personal need of cleansing. If you're ever to escape hell, if you're ever to be in heaven, your sins must be forgiven. Second thing we discover about this woman is her her concern. And we'll just say very little about this. But uh, she wasn't a woman who lived in denial of the problem that she had. Because it tells us that she'd suffered many things of many doctors. She spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. She was willing to face the facts that she had a problem. She wasn't going to take the problem lying down. She was going to do everything she could do to get rid of the problem that she had. And so it tells us that she suffered much. She spent all, uh, but ultimately it all did nothing for her. She sorrowed all the more. So she suffered much um, by going to different doctors. I read just a while ago uh, some of the different cures that were suggested for people at this time who had this particular condition, and some of them are and were ridiculous. If I was just to tell them to you, you would um, probably smile. But uh, for those who had to go through them, they they were not funny. And this this woman, she had suffered much. And every doctor that she went to, she had to fork out some more cash to that doctor. And he prescribed her something. And then she went elsewhere and uh, tried again and again and again. All her resources were gone. Everything was spent. But along the way, it had been nothing but suffering and disappointment. You know, there's people like that. And they recognize there's something wrong with them and they would like that problem to be removed, that sin problem. And uh, they, they begin to try and put their effort into it. And maybe they think that uh, reading their Bible or praying or going to church or, or trying to turn over a new leaf or uh, whatever it might be. And, and they go through all different kinds of processes in their minds to try and make themselves better and acceptable in the sight of God. And ultimately, they just find out it is disappointing. It's disappointing. This woman, she found that no one had the power to deal with her problem. And she reached a point where she had nothing by which to pay for any, for any type of, of cleansing. Now, what did she need then? Well, we come to the cure. And uh, what is it this woman really needed? Well, what this woman needed was uh, someone who had the power to do what nobody else could do. And this person who had the power to do what nobody else could do, this person also had to be willing to do it for nothing because she didn't have anything by which to pay. And it tells us in the story that just at that point, it says, she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. 
Now, this was um, a light, a shaft of light in the darkness. You know, I remember just uh, a while before I was saved and uh, I just felt lost and helpless and, and knew I wasn't right with God and I could do nothing to save myself. And, you know, there's a little hymn that we sometimes sing. It says, I wandered alone in the darkness, not a ray of light could I see. And the thought filled my heart with sadness. There's no hope for a sinner like me. Well, this woman was just there. There's no hope for me. And says she heard of Jesus. Now, uh, what would she have heard of Jesus? Well, I think without any doubt, she would have heard of his power. You know, just before this, um, we read about the Lord Jesus being in a boat with the disciples and the, the storm raging and the wind howling and the, the waves crashing into the boat and the Lord standing up and saying, peace be still. And creation itself just had to calm down at the word of Christ. Power over the storm. And, and we read a story as well just a little before this. And it's the story of a man who was completely untamable by other human beings. They, they tried to chain him up and he broke the chains until eventually he's cast out and he's wandering among tombs. Nobody can do anything for him whatsoever. And then he meets Christ and he's sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. This woman would have heard of the power of, she would have loved those stories, I'm sure, when she heard them. But I think there's a story that she would have loved all the more. And it's the story of a man with leprosy. He came running to the feet of Christ and fell down before him. It says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And uh, the Lord just stretched out his hand and touched him. He says, I will be thou clean. And a man full of leprosy was immediately cured. Now, I don't know what that looked like. I don't know whether you've ever thought about what that looked like. A man whose face and head and hands was full of leprosy was just at an instant before the eyes of the people perfectly cleansed of that problem and she would have heard of all of this here's someone with power that no one else has but I think I think that the question she would have asked at that point would have been this <laughs> how much does he charge how much does he charge See, I don't have anything to offer. And they would have said, well, he's never charged anyone. He's never charged anyone. Here's the thing. When it comes to our problem, there's only one person who has the power to deal with the problem that we have, the problem of sin. In fact, the greatest miracle or one of the greatest miracles that the Lord does in the Gospel of Mark uh, occurs in the early chapters in chapter 2 uh, when there's a man lying at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and, uh, and the Lord Jesus said to him, Son, thy sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. And everybody around says, it's only God can do such a thing. It's only God who can forgive sins. And of course they were right. But the Lord Jesus said that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins. What was he? He was claiming to be no less than God come down into this world to provide pardon and cleansing and forgiveness for sinners. And he did it 
had no cost to the man that he forgave. Here's the thing. Some people, when they hear about that, they think, well, if something costs nothing, that's because it's worth nothing. But the forgiveness that the Lord Jesus Christ offers, it costs nothing to us. It costs everything to him. You see, see, the Bible puts it like this. It says, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In other words, in order that we might have forgiveness and cleansing free of charge, the Lord Jesus Christ had to pay the ultimate price upon the cross at Calvary. The Bible puts it like this. It says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, the Son of God not only left heaven in order that we might have forgiveness and cleansing, the Son of God went to the cross. And upon the cross at Calvary, the punishment we deserve for the sins we have committed, he endured it and he exhausted it and he has provided for us the wonderful blessing of salvation. We've thought about what this woman heard. But then, just for a moment, think about what this woman did. You see, there were many people who heard of Jesus at this time. Many people who heard of Jesus. And what this woman could have done was she might have heard of Jesus, but, you know, she's used to being isolated and she's used to being alone and she's used to being separate from others and and uh, used to being looked down upon by others. And, and she might have just thought to herself, well, it's lovely to know that Jesus is the kind of person that can do that, that has that power. It's wonderful to know that. She might have just stayed at home. She didn't do that. But look at what it says. It says... When she heard of Jesus, she came. She came. She came and she touched his garment. Why did she do that? For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. You see, this is why she came. She came because she believed what she heard. And so she came. And she came trusting into contact with Christ. There's many person listens to the gospel and uh, they know, maybe you're one of them, <laughs> you know that you need to be forgiven. You need cleansing. Uh, you need to be made right with God. And maybe even you know that Christ is the answer and he has the power. And he's not going to charge you anything. He said, it's finished. It's paid in full. And it's like a story that is told to you. But you've never really believed it. What I mean by that is this. You, you, you have never responded. You have never come. You see, see, the Bible expects you to come. God expects you to come. There's some people sit in meetings like this and they are waiting for salvation. Listen, the Lord is waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come. 
He wants you to trust him for yourself. He wants you to come just as you are at this moment and place your trust in him. And what happened to this woman when she came was this. It said, immediately, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. You could be cleansed immediately. You could be cleansed at this moment. In this gospel meeting, right now, on the seat in which you presently sit, and you could leave here with your soul safe and secure for eternity. Say, how can that happen? Just believe the message you've heard. Come to Christ. Come to Christ and find this wonderful blessing for yourself. And we're going to pray for blessing upon God's word. Our Father, do give thanks again for the message concerning thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise thee for his suffering and sacrifice upon the cross. We thank thee for the shedding of his precious blood to provide eternal blessing for us. We pray that some soul in our meeting will take this to themselves personally, that they'll understand the interest that thou dost have in them and the love that Christ has for them. And the sacrifice that has been made to provide salvation in order that they might be saved. And we do pray that they would respond to the message and come to the Saviour and come believing and enter into eternal blessing. As we, uh, even now, as we ask these things, we pray for it in the Lord's precious name. Amen.